everybody knows that you need to have good content for SEO, but how do you know what to write about? Today we're going to talk to an SEO expert. Hello, I'm John Reynolds, owner of Serenity Digital. And I'm Lindsay Reynolds, co-owner of Serenity Digital. That's right, I should change it to co-owner instead of just owner. (laughs) I'm used to saying owner. (laughs) We're the co-owners of Serenity Digital, and today we were going to talk through SEO content and a stumbling block that we tend to see a lot of business owners find in their stride when they're writing content is because they're too close to what they do because they're specialists in the field. They tend to write down a question and then answer that question. And it doesn't turn into a good blog and doesn't answer a lot of sort of the subsequent questions that come with a a content topic. So we were going to talk through some of that and share our thoughts on how to do proper content research and talk through different topic ideas. And really, hopefully this gives you a strong foundation to DIY your own content and make better content long term. So starting off, one of the toughest things is when you're in an industry, you know, you know what you do. Like to a T, you're the expert. You know all the things that kind of come with it. When you're writing topic ideas down or questions that you hear all the time, I think you're so practiced, so well practiced in how to answer a question very efficiently. A lot of times you just answer the question. Or sometimes you, you know, you live and breathe it. So you don't, don't even think of a question to ask. It's, it's, t- you take it for granted that other people know that information about your business. We do it too. We sound off on SEO all the time. You know, we sling around all the different verbiage and every once in a while I, I remember like, well, that's not, ju- that's not common knowledge. We know that because it's what we do. What if we didn't? What questions might we have? And I, I think that's true for a lot of a lot of business owners, especially, you know, when it, it gets to be more complicated and you'll try. So you try and the basic idea is to make the content as accessible as possible for the average user. You're not writing for colleagues. You're writing for Internet users, people who find your your searches, your uh, your site organically. So you want to keep it as accessible, user-friendly, and helpful as possible and answer as many questions as you have. So how do you know what questions to ask would Absolutely. be the next step, right? Well, first of all, let's let's reverse and talk about choosing a topic in the first place. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great focal point for this is like when you're coming up with a topic to write about, it's, you know, from our perspective, it's different because you're writing a lot of topics about a lot of different industries and you're kind of coming up with questions organically that make sense from a customer journey standpoint. But when a business owner is thinking about the questions that maybe their customers have, how do they, how do they build a set of questions that all kind of fit around a topic or, or do you think would be helpful to kind of look at it? Well, they don't have to, that's why they hire us. So, (laughs) but that's, that's why, that's why I think actually, and this is obviously I'm biased, but I think it's useful to outsource your content to someone who can efficiently research a variety of topics and in doing so answer questions that the average person might have about that subject. So, so when I, you know, when we have a client who needs a blog, for example, the first thing I do is think, well, what do I know about this subject? Which most of, in most cases, when we are getting started, very little. So I ask a question, what is dot, dot, dot? 
And then I look at the search volume for that term in our software. You don't necessarily have to have software to write good content, but you do have to answer questions thoroughly and in a helpful way. But I, I use that just because we have it and I may as well go for, go for big. But anyways, our, our software tells me the search volume of a specific keyword or phrase. And that means how many users per month are looking for that exact search. And so I, I've, I write, a, I write a blog piece based on those search results. And as I'm writing it, the questions that I have personally that come up while I'm researching the subject, I answer. So we were, you know, we had the example before of, of roofers. Um, I'm not a roofer, obviously, but I want to write in a way that makes me sound like I, I am an authority on the subject. So I, in addition to like doing thorough research and, and reading other blogs about it and visiting other sites, I answer questions that I would like to have the answer to that makes me sound that, that I can then answer and sound like I know what I'm talking about. Mm. So because I am a lay person, not a, not an actual roofer. When I read the information on blog sites, that's probably written by a roofer. They don't answer the question that I have as a non-roofer. Mm. Does that make sense? So I'll read through and they're like, well, you got to make sure to check for ice dams. And it's, you know, that's another issue that can arise with your roof in winter. And in the meantime, they lost me at ice dams. I've never Mm -hmm. heard of such a thing. So when I write about it, I'm sure to include, first and foremost, what are ice dams? And what's so bad about them? What do they look like? What can you do about them? Does every house get them? You know, it's just questions that I have personally researching the subject that a lot of roofers don't answer because they live and breathe the subject. And a perfect example of how that not only helps you seem more like the authority when you're writing that content, but then when you're writing about this sort of offshoot of the subject, you're still bringing up the subject within the content. Why are ice stamps bad for your roof, right? So you're still feeding that same keyword into the main question and to the content so that our main goal for roofers with roofer content is when somebody has a question about their roof or if there's a roofer nearby or, you know, are, what is an ice dam on my roof? Yeah. And all it, of that content fits within those questions. And then Google gives you that authority score because you're answering those questions. Right. So early. you get that little boost from, you know, being helpful, useful, relevant and um, author- authoritative. But then when you do answer the questions, answer them in a way where it's easy for somebody to find a specific answer. Maybe they found your site because you ranked for a SERP that answered the question they were looking for. Don't make them scroll and read a bunch of essay to find the answer. They'll bounce off the page. Put it in a bullet form. Put it in a number. Put it under an H3 that group it so that they can easily find what they're looking for. And don't, I mean, don't stuff it with a bunch of random, you know, not random keywords. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to control F I stands and there's 23, you know, like <laughs> just, you know, keep it, keep it useful. Cause that's, that's the main thing that's been successful for us is, is being truly helpful, answering questions, not just checking a list off of, did I have this, do I have this 10 times in my mm-hmm. H2s? Do I have, did I have an H1? Is that a duplicate? Did I put meta descriptions on photo? You know, all that stuff is anything, something anybody can look up, you know, on Neil Patel's site or whatever. The, Dropping the main man's <laughs> name, huh? Oh, I know. I'm just, I'm a fan. <laughs> but, but, um, it's harder than you think to write truly useful content. But if mm-hmm. you keep that in mind, You'll have good luck, I think. That's that should be your main goal is to make it useful, make it informative, be make it helpful. Mm-hmm. 
I think this is a perfect segue into sort of, you know, topic number two on the subject is, you know, you had kind of addressed what keywords you kind of want to rank for. And we talked very briefly about keyword stuffing so that you don't say I stam 23 times all in the same sentence. But like when you're thinking about a good keyword or doing research to find a good keyword to sort of write content about, say you're a business owner and you're looking at that blank page and you're like, should I write about ice dams? What's a good way to think about how to expand on that topic a little bit further? Well, for us, we have we have software that helps me narrow it down and decide if a subject is worth writing about. If I, I if when I write about something, I just I just kind of roll around a few topics or questions I have in mind on that subject, and then I I plug in what I'm thinking into our software, and it gives me a number, two numbers actually. It gives me search volume, which again is the number of people looking for that particular information a month and a keyword difficulty. And my rule of thumb, sometimes sometimes I get cocky and I want to go for a word that's more difficult. But my, my rule of thumb is I, I try to go for a search volume. It depends on the client, but I like a search volume of at least 1,000 and I don't go for a keyword difficulty above 49. Mm. And the difficulty, keyword difficulty can go up to 100. It's a percentage, I believe. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot of information about keyword difficulty, but one of the biggest ones is, and I think if you don't have a tool, the way to do this is to go to Google and then type in whatever search word you want to. And if the number of pages that it pulls is like more than a million, that's a difficult. That's going to be really hard to rank for. <laughs> yeah. So that's, a, that's a good, that, that's a good way to do it too. If you don't have the software is, is look at just how many results already exist for that subject. So you just, you want to go in the middle. You don't want to try and rank for something that already has a search volume of 125,000. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially if it's in an already oversaturated market, you want to, you want to start with a humble thousand, even 500 is not bad. That's 500 people that could mm-hmm. be visiting your site. Shoot, even a hundred is, is better than zero. So if, if, you know, if you want to be the guy who's the expert on something that a hundred people a month are searching for, that, that could be enough to, to drive enough traffic to your site to boost your business. Absolutely. It just depends on what your goals are. But generally speaking, you know, you want something with a search volume, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> not zero. And you want, you want to, you don't, you don't want your writing to go to waste. So you want, um, you want a keyword difficulty that's reasonable, mm-hmm. which in my experience is it, ideally you find something with a search volume of 80,000 and a keyword difficulty of two, but you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> which would be ideal. We are going to yeah. write all the content on that. For yeah. Sure. Every once in a while I, I strike gold there. I'm like, nobody's writing about this and it has a search volume of 10 K. That's great. But in, but overall it doesn't have to be that methodical Mm -hmm. just think of a question that you have about the subject or that you you'd like to see answered more often or something that sets it apart something that makes your your particular brand different from everybody else's yeah your differentiator we've talked a lot about yeah you can stick with that you don't have to write about a variety of topics you can Mm -hmm. stay in your niche and that's actually also a very good good thing to do you know if you're a recipe blogger rewrite recipes you mm-hmm. know you don't really stray from that and if you're a roofer 
you write about roofing issues and that's you don't really stray from that you know you stay within your, your umbrella this is a perfect time to talk a little bit more specifically about just the topics themselves and what constitutes too broad of a topic sometimes when you come in and i think this this is something that i struggle with too but like i think the idea is is if you are to think about something let's just say roof roofing you wouldn't want to just say what is a roof right so like to your example before you're talking about okay it's winter time and maybe you live in an area where it rains a little bit and then all of a sudden that rainwater can you know coalesce is that the right word and then turn into an ice dam but like how specific should somebody really kind of go and then is there too specific a topic well, yeah, too specific a topic is going to be the one where you search it and you know there there are ten results. You know that's there there isn't anybody looking for answers on that subject. It, um, but like you said, you know a lot of people, everybody knows what a roof is. We don't need to answer that question. But there are different types of roofs, mm. and there are different types of shingles for roofs. Mm. And there, depending on the area you are, you can tailor your blog to your area specific needs. For example. Colorado may not allow wood shake roofs because of a fire hazard or um I guess I guess I know more about roofs than I thought. But um, <laughs> you're a specialist the, in roofing. But you know what I mean? You can you can narrow it down to answer something more specifically related to that topic because you won't rank for what is a roof. It's not a useful question A and B the search volume for the word roof is through the roof. So you want to answer, you know, questions about materials that are, are, you know, specific to your location. Like where do I recycle asphalt shingles in mm. Colorado? Or um, you can even go narrower than that, you know, just depending on if, if everybody's asking that que- that same question. Answer it more. <laughs> True. Don't just answer it with one sentence. Answer it as thoroughly as possible. Include numbers. Include links. Include photographs. Include mm-hmm. diagrams. That I'm getting distracted, but that's another thing to include on your content is engaging images and downloadables mm. and things that in, that that are useful. Again, mm-hmm. that make yours more useful. Like your okay, sure. There's another blog that answers this question, but they don't have this free PDF download that has a special calendar and reminder on it and vocabulary you know (laughs) i was just about to say you don't you're not writing in a vacuum when you're writing content like this you should do your own google research about the topics that you want to write about see what other people are writing about what are they including and make it better obviously you want to make it better for sure but like you'd be surprised sometimes what is ranking number one for content in your industry. And I'm sure once you read it, you'll be like, Oh my gosh, they took such a broad or the opposite too, too specific, too deep, too specific. Or it's it's 200 words. It's barely an answer. Like that's, that's why I kind of, you know, it's called a skyscraping technique because you know, you're, you're trying to outpace the competition by a hair, you know, Mm -hmm. like now the world's tallest skyscraper is tallest because it has a needle on top, you know, but I don't, I don't want to be better by an inch. I want to be better by a mile. I, I want it to be like, no competition. Otherwise, don't bother. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, if you're writing it and it feels rote, then it's not going to stand out. Yeah. So answer those questions. Even if you feel like you'd rather die than finish this essay, answer <laughs> the questions. Include the images. Describe the images. That's important. Mm-hmm. Don't skip out on it. Give yourself as many points as possible. 
have a couple outbound links. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll scratch your back and, um, and always interlink mm-hmm. within your own site. Oh, well, we'll have to go through. Yeah. This. We'll yeah. go through, we'll go through the very, there's a lot yeah. that kind of go through. But again, that's all stuff. That's all the, you know, little stuff that you can, you can learn about anywhere. The, the idea is to practice your actual writing, finding a topic and answering questions about mm-hmm. it in a helpful way. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you do sort of the steps that we talked about, then you're off to a a good start, right? (laughs) And then obviously, you know a group of people that can help you with your content writing. You just need to give us a shout because we do. We take very a a very methodical approach to how we're going to write content, how it's going to represent our clients, and what approach it's going to make it so that it's useful for somebody doing that research. And as you can hear, we're very passionate about that. And that's, that's kind of the important part about having an outsourced company do your content research for you. Well, and and methodical does not mean robotic or cookie cutter. There is a very human element behind these blogs, which is me. And I, and so again, there's, it's, um, are you saying you're not AI? I'm not, I am not AI. Does that answer your question? That's the, in conclusion, that does answer my question. <laughs> chat, chat GPT. <laughs> you can always some, tell when someone's used chat GPT because they say, in this article, we'll delve into a subject. Oh and then gosh. in conclusion. <laughs> Who writes like that, right? <laughs> a fifth grader. The AI, the AI. No, nope. no, not, I'm not knocking chat GPT, but. No, and, and as you've heard in past podcasts, I am a huge proponent of using the tools that you have in front of you as a busy time poor individual. If that is the way that motivates you to go out and write your own content, putting some inserts into chat GPT, seeing what it spits out and then modifying it to your, to your benefit. That's a good step forward into it's the a start. realm yeah, it's a start. of content writing. So take it. I mean, the tools are out there. Yeah. Some content is better than no content. Yeah. So. And, well, know, we'll, we'll go, we'll go into sort of specifics about like all this because we got plenty of podcasts that we can talk about. And sorry, it's my first in. one. No, you did great. This is awesome. <laughs> if you obviously want to talk to us, my phone number is on the website. That's actually my cell number. You can even text me from there, fill out a form. This has been the Serenity Digital Podcast, Peace of Mind Marketing Explained. <laughs>